Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Seflick, the football goonie himself, the fantasy Jesus. As always, you can find me on Twitter at the FF Goonie. Welcome to the show. We got a big one for you today is the Atlanta Foot Clan Keeper League Draft Review. I know, everyone's super excited. This was the final draft of the, uh, the beginning of the season for us, so this will culminate into... Basically, the start of season. Things are good. We got preseason going. Minimal injuries have happened, although some have. And it's just an exciting time to be a fantasy football nerd. Am I right, folks? I'm right. So on today's show, we're going to uh, go round by round, a quick synopsis of the draft. And then I'm going to give my power rankings. I know, usually I just give grades for each team, but I'm kind of crapping on Brian's show and doing my own power rankings to start. And as you'll notice, mine are actually fair and just and not just propagandist bullshit like his. Oh, yes, exactly. And for you that don't know, don't worry, you will soon find out that it's all propaganda. So with that said, let's get into the news of the week. Interesting stories or developments in the league, some of which are a little older, uh, but we're catching up on them. Uh, first off, in trade news in the Dynasty League, Atlanta Foot Clan Dynasty, we had Fantasy Jesus himself, yours truly, trading with the Texas Bear newcomer Tyler. Uh, I received Josh Jacobs a 2022nd and a 2023rd for. Kareem Hunt. That's right, folks. Texas Bear is super confident through a friend who knows Kareem Hunt that he will not be playing for the Browns next year. But with the Duke Johnson trade, who knows now? So that might have just been a little too much of a I like you trade, but we'll see how it turns out. It's already improving for Kareem a little bit with the absence of Duke Johnson. Next up, we had I'm getting a Chubb Clay getting Cam Newton. From the franchises for the price of Jameis Winston and Anthony Miller. Now, Cam Newton, uh, I think that was a trade based on the fact that he's a little more of a fantasy darling now. And Clay owns the uh, backup to Cam Newton, if I'm 
not mistaken, and Axel is gaining a probably more long, a little more longevity at the quarterback, in my opinion, even though Winston does come with his red flags. And then, of course, Anthony Miller, that if he could stay healthy, can be a usable asset. Uh, the franchise has also traded away a receiver right after that in D.D. Westbrook to the Morty Mags, or Morty Maggies, for a 2021 second. So a way too out there second. Um, as far as the Newton-Winston, I think that's a pretty even trade as far as this one. I like the D.D. Westbrook better. Not that I'm a huge believer in D.D. Westbrook, but a 2021 second is way far out who knows what that's going to be. So those are the trade deals. In team news, uh, a couple of storylines was, as I said before, Duke Johnson traded to the Texans. I believe this is going to be huge and spelled death for Lamar Miller. Sorry if you drafted him or you're holding on to him. It looks like his time is almost near. Uh, in other injury, in injury news... Uh, Andrew Luck is now dealing with a small bone issue that may, in fact, affect his his ability to play, although they're saying he will be ready for week one. I'm starting to get a little worried about Andrew Luck, and although I was pretty upset about losing T.Y. Hilton in the raffle, I'm actually starting to be a little happy about it because Hilton is not great without Luck so far. And then finally, Mr. Big Chest himself is going full diva and not reporting for camp because of a helmet issue. Well, he is now back and ready for his next diva adventure. That's right. Antonio Brown is back, folks. And that is the Week in News. Wow, good stuff. Am I right? Anyways, let's get into it next. We got the draft review. So starting off with round one, which is technically round four of the draft, considering everyone got three keepers. Uh, if you want the previous keepers, you can, or who had what keepers to begin with, you can go to the um, the draft lottery show from last week. All right, so the big move of the first round was with some extra ammo. Uh, newcomer Tyler, Texas Bear made a jump into the number 101 pick. Uh, that was a huge jump. Uh, there's a clear number one and then a bit of a gap between the two through five, I would say, um, as far as quality of players. But there was clearly one that was uh, a cut above the rest. And on top of that, he's a huge Texans fan. So there was no way that he wasn't going to get DeAndre Hopkins. Now, I love this pick because of the trade involved. I don't think he gave up too much, and he had the capital to do it, and he recognized the opportunity. So that was a good run on him. Uh, the other picks I like in this round were uh, Nick Chubb at the three. There was a... Um, there was a real temptation, I'm sure, with Joe Mixon, but uh, getting Chubb 
he might have actually been the best keeper running back, uh, maybe over Connor, depending how things play out, especially for the first half of the season. Uh, so I really like that one. And then uh, Krieger getting um, Krieger 15 getting uh, on Johnson at the 1-5, I believe. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Yeah, 105. Uh, it's a little early, some would say, maybe, on on Johnson. There might have been a receiver or two I'd put ahead of him. But uh, I actually really believe in carry on this year. Uh, as long as he stays healthy, I think he is. there's no way he's not a top 10 back. Uh, just with the added pass work and his efficiency. Plus, I mean, he had barely any goal line work. And I know C.J. Anderson is like a 500-pound bowling ball. But uh, I don't think they're stupid enough to take carry on off of all uh, goal line work again. So I think that uh, his his touchdowns are going to go up, his receptions are going to go up, and then obviously uh, if he's healthy, his total amount of points will go up. Um, some questionable picks I didn't like from this. Uh, Krieger followed that up with a questionable pick at Melvin Gordon uh, at the 108 or 18. Uh, that's not that Melvin Gordon wasn't potentially deserving of a in essence fourth round pick maybe third round depending on how you look at some of the keepers um that's where you get into that range of questionability about taking him the problem is his only keeper was philip Lindsay. so having philip Lindsay and carry on be your running backs at that point i think it was a little bit of a stretch to go melvin gordon on his team it really put him in a hole and um basically it had to it forced him to secure a running back to fill in that spot a little earlier than he maybe should have but um i I wasn't a real big fan of that uh and then a couple other ones were josh jacobs pick and the damian williams pick uh those two were just uh not a real fan of them and it's not that they aren't deserving this spot but there was about three running backs i would have taken ahead of them uh, at this point, and then clearly my least favorite pick would probably be the Leonard for for an out one, but that guy's just too many question marks. Uh, I'm just not a big fan. And then, oh, uh, can't not make fun of Justin, I suppose. Uh, he had traded back to Marlon Mack. Now, Marlon Mack can't stay healthy. He doesn't catch passes, and there were a slew of players I would take ahead of Marlon Mack, but Justin believes in him and has better takes than me, so... That's all him on that one. That might actually have been my... Nah, I'd say Melvin Gordon was my least favorite just because of team makeup and then maybe Fournette and then Mac. All right, moving to round two. Uh, we had a couple of receivers go off the top and then our first non-keeper tight end in George Kittle. Uh, some picks that I liked in this round. Uh, I really liked the Sony Michelle pick at 2-8, which uh, Krieger got... Man, he is just mopping up on that. I think uh, the thing people forget, although uh, the uh, the Patriots had gotten another running back in the third round this year, is the Patriots system is notoriously difficult to pick up in the first year for a lot of players, even the second year for a lot of players. And the coaching staff has no qualms about just shutting you down for the most part. Uh, if you're not picking it up. And by all reports, after this fact, uh, like I rightfully guessed, is uh, 
Henderson is having some real issues, and he's clearly behind Sonny Michelle, and Sonny Michelle is getting more passing work, which means that I think he's actually keeping his first down, second down role. I think he's absorbing that hybrid role um, that Rex Burkhead was supposed to have, and then James White's going to be the pure pass catcher. Um, it's just one of those. It's one of those ones where I just I love the pick. I think he's going to do really well. Um, Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, they all went around where they're supposed to. David Montgomery, maybe a little early. Uh, the big picks, I did not like. So I think one of my favorite picks is also uh, Brian getting Robert Woods at the 2-2. He's clearly a top 10 receiver. I like that he got him after Amari Cooper. I would have taken him before Amari Cooper, definitely. And I probably would have taken him over T.Y. Hilton with the questions. That was something I didn't talk about last round. Is T.Y. Hilton, that was a real good pick at the time but man it's starting to get real questionable now uh with these new reports on luck uh kittle good value i mean i can't knock you there another big one i like axel picking up julian edelman uh he's clearly going to be a top 15 receiver uh if healthy through the season uh the only picks i really disliked in this round were um amari where he went not so much the round but the spot ahead of people uh, Mark Ingram, who I'm not a, uh, it's not that I'm not a believer in, I'm actually higher on Mark Ingram than other people, but, um, I just think this was too early and I would have rather seen a Drew maybe take another receiver or something, a, a better player, because I, I think he was definitely a lower tier than some of the receivers that were still available, and then Deshaun Watson, but clearly we all know that taking a quarterback early is not the greatest thing in the world all right moving to round three a couple of picks that really stood out in this round actually Uh, the first one that I want to talk to is uh, Miles Sanders now I'm really frustrated slash like I have mixed feelings about this pick by Brian Um, I am in agreement that if you're playing for this season alone Miles Sanders should not have gone here. There's a couple more picks, uh, running backs ahead of him, uh, just with the ambiguity of his situation. But uh, looking further, I'm I'm gonna presume here that Brian actually had a plan. Now looking at it, he uh, he's a big believer in Julio, and clearly that's gonna be his franchise guy. He ended up with two top tier running backs in the first round. Now, my thought process here is that Brian actually sacrificed a little bit of this year production with Miles Sanders for the fact that he is potentially a second round running back next year or better. Um, So he he would be a clear keeper uh, in the format since he can't keep Robert Woods. And uh, I I think this was a very excellent pick, honestly. I was a little frustrated because I was actually eyeballing him in this round. And um, he just never got there. And that was more of my needs, not having a pick in the first two rounds. Um, but, like, that was a fantastic pick to me. Um, I also liked the um, couple of the receiver picks. Uh, as far as, I think Dante Pettis was a little early. There's starting to be questionable things about him. But uh, I like Tyler Boyd. I like my pick of Robbie Anderson. I know Axel, if you were on the uh, Discord chat, Axel was poo-pooing my pick, you know. But honestly, I think he was just trying to make me feel bad and try to get me on tilt. 
because I think Robbie Anderson and that Jets offense is going to do a lot of great things. Um, Mike Williams was also a great one. Uh, the picks I did not like in this round were um, Derrick Henry, and that's solely based on I hate Derrick Henry. Uh, I don't believe in him at all. I think it's a fine pick and value considering you're getting the workhorse on a Titans team that can't throw well. But I'm just not a fan of Derrick Henry, so I'm going to poo-poo that pick a little bit. Uh, Tevin Coleman, uh, that's another one. With the news of Jarek McKinnon, uh, I think it's a totally fine pick here. But I actually think Burita is going to end up being the more durable player out of the two. And uh, I think I could have maybe talked myself into one or two running backs ahead of him. But it wasn't a horrible pick. Uh, but the, the big glaring pick that everyone scratched their head on was at the 312 uh our defending champ took eric ebron that's right eric ebron now what the heck bro there were a handful not a handful but i i would easily have taken henry cook mcdonald um then that, that's who I would have taken ahead of him, those three tight ends. Uh, the other ones are questionable after that, obviously, whether you would or not. But there's so much ambiguity with uh, who's actually going to be targeted the most. Now you got Doyle. Now you got Funches, another red zone weapon. Now you have um, Paris Campbell. Like, I just. I think he's going to turn into what tight end has been in the past for most people that don't draft high. And that is you're basically shit unless you score a touchdown. And I think that is going to be Eric Ebron to a T. So to me, that was by far the worst pick of the round. Uh, especially that early, man. Like if you had to take a tight end there, those three. But I clearly would have punted tight end a little longer. Um, in the next round, we had a couple of uh, influx running backs go. Some real questionable ones. And uh, we're going to start off with uh, James White. I love the pick. I really do. I was eyeballing James White. Hoping he got back this round to me. Um, he didn't. I think that his passing role is going to be secure even with the increase on Sony Michelle. I think he is going to be a fantastic play. Not as good as he was last year, mind you. Don't get me wrong. But I think that a lot of people were writing him off and kind of forgetting about him. And I think he's going to be a, a decent play. Uh, I like the Alshon Jeffrey pick here by Brian. I think that he has so much potential and upside with Carson Wentz in. It's always been a good thing. I mean, the J.J. Arcega-Whiteside thing's a little questionable. The more increased 11 purse personnel is going to be a little questionable and Miles Sanders doing pass catching well is going to be a little questionable but I think that at this value like there was maybe only one or two receivers you would maybe take over him at that point and I, I think that it's a great shot at the moon um some ones that I, I question a little bit are the uh the Royce Freeman and the Darnell Anderson pick. Um, Royce Freeman, he, I think he's good value. He's got opportunity, but I think some of the signings have been hurting him a little bit. And I just think overall that the Broncos are going to have not a great offense. And for some reason, Tiny Phillip Lindsay gets a lot of in-between-the-tackles work, which is really odd. But uh, I think that Royce is going to be in such a split backfield that it's going to 
hurt him a little bit. Um, and then Darnell Anderson, it, it, it's it's which is Daryl Henderson. Uh, I just don't think he um, is the clear-cut backup, and that's going to hurt him. He's going to have some passing down work. He's going to have some availability, uh, flex appeal, especially if Gurley gets hurt. That's when he'll actually have some flex appeal. But I don't think that he is going to step into a... If Gurley gets hurt, he's not going to step into a prominent role. I think Malcolm Brown's the, the back to own. So... Um, I understand why he took it there with uh, actually owning Gurley. I'm actually a little frustrated myself. I took Hunter Henry this round. I needed that difference maker at tight end because without a pick in the first two rounds and my running backs being super not great at this point, I just uh, I had to swing for the fences on a player that maybe could be a difference maker at a position that doesn't have a lot of difference makers. And I'm really frustrated because I didn't even think about just blackmailing Mike into uh, trading for Daryl Henderson. So that was a bad move on me. I really like the Jared Cook pick. Um, Honestly, this was one of the better rounds. I don't think there was a bad pick in it. Um, If I'm going to say a bad pick, or the ones I like the least, I think it's going to be the Daryl Henderson and the Royce Freeman picks. Uh, moving on to the fifth round. Uh, starting off with questionable pick, Nikhil Harry. My goodness. Um, way too early with too many producers still at this point. Um, you don't. I, I understand I'm super hyped on Nikhil myself, but the thing is, like I said before, is the Patriots offense is very, very difficult to pick up. And you cannot put a stock in a rookie in the Patriots offense when you could still get uh, known contributors on their teams like Sterling Shepard, who also went this round. Calvin Ridley, who, although won't be great, will have some monster games, things like that. Um, The picks, other than that, I wasn't too hot on was probably the Will Fuller and the Corey Davis. Uh, It's not that Corey Davis isn't fair value here. It's just I have zero belief in that passing offense, and I have zero belief in Will Fuller staying healthy. Um, Other than that, the round was pretty good. Nothing that really stood out to me other than uh, I like Axel getting Sterling Shepard at that point. Uh, High volume, a lot of of half PPR value there, and he's going to be the lead receiver on the team. Like, how can you not like that? And then my super sneaky pick at Duke Johnson. This is just me swinging for the fences. I fully realized I probably went a little early on value on him. But there is a real chance here that he gets a, a top 20 performance at his, uh, like a top 24, like low-end RB2 is his floor. Uh, Lamar Miller is not great in the pass work anymore. He's not shifty. He's not quick. And I think that they're going to be in a lot of high-scoring games because their defense is not that great anymore. Um, there's a lot of question marks there. And I, I, I truly believe that the floor for Duke Johnson is a top 24 running back. And the upside is maybe a fringe RB1 if Lamar Miller is just relegated to trashness. Unfortunately, he's got a strained hammy now, so I'm a little worried about that a little bit because that tends to be a lingering issue. Uh, Other than that, uh, the only other pick it's looking not great is uh, 
Andrew Luck, this was fantastic value this round for him. Essentially an eighth-round pick for Andrew Luck in what he can give you. But now with all the injuries, who knows? Uh, my second least favorite after the Nikhil Harry this round, though, was Drew Brees. This is way too early for Drew Brees. I'm sorry. The man had one of his, although most efficient, one of his least appealing seasons last year, and there is no sign that it's going to increase. The defense will be better this year. Um, the run game is going to be healthier. Mark Ingram actually was not that great, and I think Latavius is a little bit of a... He's got a little more juice at this point, a little step up um, for their, their running back that can pound it. Uh, not that he's better than Mark Ingram. He's not. I just think he's got a little more left in the tank. Um, just way too early. I'm, I'm torn between those two as my least favorite. Uh, my most favorite pick, though, was clearly... Probably Sterling Shepard or maybe even Christian Kirk. I think his value is pretty good there. Uh, in round six, uh, Justin redeemed himself taking the shot on Ronald Jones. I probably should have expected this. I was going to try to take a shot on Jones this round. It's not that Ronald Jones is good. He is crap. But Bruce Arians' offense is fantastic. And if he figures out how to keep stay on the field, man, that is some great late round value because he is fast. He's explosive, and he can make big plays happen. Um, Kareem Hunt was the big head scratcher on this round. Uh, Groovy Drew has two running backs at that point, maybe three. Yeah, because he had Mark Ingram, too. Um, I just I don't like, in redraft, unless it's the last round pick, I don't, or second to last round pick, I don't like taking a player that I know won't be there till week 10. Uh, you're committed to him now, uh, especially this early when you could have either secured um, another decent receiver or, more importantly, a running back you actually could have used at this point. I mean, Matt Burita, Kalen Blage just went. Uh, later rounds, there was other starters that were still going, and you were sitting on a guy. So you got to make the playoffs in order to make this pick worth it. Um so, not a big fan of that, uh, unless you plan on trading him or you end up dropping him. And if that was the case, wasted pick. Uh, loved my... I liked, I really liked the Vance McDonald pickup by Gill there. I thought that was great value. He's my number six uh, tight end, I believe. Seven. Number seven tight end. Um... Also, another good pick here was Cam Newton. I thought Cam Newton was great value. This was actually the round I was eyeballing Cam Newton a little bit, but I needed running back, so I got snake hardcore. If you're in the Discord uh, chat, you knew how upset I was when one pick before me, stupid Dan picked up freaking Matt Breda. Oh, man, I had a couple of uh, real close picks coming up. My plan was Brita and Balazs. Boom, boom. And one pick before Brita went, and it just pissed me off. Oh, I think my team would have been a lot healthier had I been able to get him. Uh, so good job to Dan. That was a fantastic pick in that round. Um, some questionable picks were uh, the Justice Hill one. Uh, I understand the upside and the potential, but... I think it was still way too early for a rookie running back that is solely a pass catcher. 
Um, the Kareem Hunt one, obviously. And then another pick that's got me scratching my head is the Larry Fitzgerald pick. And it's not that I hate Larry Fitzgerald, but I think he might be going off into the sunset. I, I watched that first preseason game. I think he's going to live within five yards of the line of scrimmage. And I think he might give you five or six catches a game on average, which is totally fantastic. Except for he's only going to produce you maybe 30, 40 yards and a handful of touchdowns this year. I just I don't see him being very useful this year. He's going to be great for the team, but um, getting the chains moved. But uh, I mean, honestly, it's just one of those guys that I just I'm completely off this year. Um, so the next round, we had round seven starting off. Uh, some good picks out of this round. Uh, I like Brian taking Naheem Hines here. I know Hines wasn't actually as good as people thought he was last year, but uh, with luck being a little hampered and the question mark of uh, Marlon Mack, I think that Hines is going to be used more. I'm not as worried about Paris Campbell as a lot of people are, but uh, I really like that one. Uh, I also liked uh, Adrian Peterson here. Uh, with the question mark and Darius guys, so I thought that was a huge pickup. A um, couple other ones, my Deshaun Jackson pick, that could be real good. His teammate right after Carson Wentz, really like that one in this round. And then uh, the Shady McCoy one, that's got some high upside. Who knows about that? But uh, at that point, I felt so gross at picking that. That could be just a waste of a pick, or that could be a genius pick. Who knows? That has... Zero, zero intelligence on my part. It was just taking a shot in the dark. Uh, some picks I did not like in this round. Uh, the Damian Harris one, I think that's a wasted pick. I don't think he's going to do much of anything this year. Um, I think unless Sony gets hurt, that's the only way. Um, Carlos Hyde was fun. I, th I think the other one I didn't like was the DK Metcalf. Uh, I think we are almost all in agreement that he is not going to be anything good. Um, at best, I think you're looking for Sammy Watkins on the Rams. That was that would be his ceiling. Eight touchdowns and like 500 yards. That is his ceiling. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a big catch guy. I think he might catch one longer pass a game and then a couple here and there and half half his games he may get a touchdown at best uh he might be a good bye week filler on one particular week but he is not a weekend starter um and then the kyler murray one that's just hilarious but he wanted some shares of kyler murray so everyone kind of wants to experience that a little bit uh next round we had round eight uh Big one was Brian had to secure Jalen Samuels, and I think he might have some good standalone value, so that was a pretty big one. Uh, at this point, you're just throwing darts, so I didn't mind the Josh Gordon pick. I know Brian poo-poos on it, but honestly, this is round 8 out of, uh, what, 12? So at this point, it is darts, and if that dart hit, that dart would be huge because um, there is a potential for a top 20 receiver there uh there's not many at this point um 
Another pick I really liked was the Devin Singletary. I was actually eyeballing Devin, Devin Singletary here because I had taken Shady McCoy, and that would have been a great one to hold to figure out it. And then I really liked the Axel pick of Dante Moncrief. Um, I really liked, uh, I mean, I was happy with my Justin Jackson pick. And then I really, really liked Mike's pick of Deion Lewis there. Um, I actually struggled with it. I almost took Deion Lewis instead of Darwin Thompson, but I, I really looked at it and I was like, uh, I need to swing for the fences. So Darwin Thompson was a swing for the fences kind of guy with, uh, with uh, Damian Williams still out at that point, I think. And Deion Lewis is, although he, I think he has some good value, I think he's definitely capped. Uh, some bad picks this round were, of course, taking a defense, even the Chicago Bears. And uh, that's pretty much it. Darwin Thompson wasn't a great pick. Uh, Alexander Madison was not a great pick because he doesn't own Cook. Uh, but I, I don't knock him in this round. It's all fine. Uh, the next round, for some reason, I, I don't know why I called it. I'm like, watch, there's going to be a... a defensive run and sure enough after my after the bears went it went defense receiver defense defense uh these are all terrible picks because defense went way too early but with that said the rams are fine as a defense jacksonville's good as a defense texans that was just a homer bad decision defense i'm sorry the texans are not a good defense they suck they suck they suck their secondary has always been crap it's just hidden by an amazing pass rush that is now starting to dwindle a little bit. And their linebackers, just bad pick. Bad. Um, I wasn't a fan of the Kiki QT one, but that was just because he was injured. And I don't like taking injured guys that just seem to always be injured. Um, and then, uh, let's see, some other picks I didn't like in here. CJ Anderson, Ito Smith. Uh, these are all just crummy players. Uh, Philip Rivers, after taking Kyler Murray, he wanted some stability, he said in the chat. But come on, man. Like, you're going to find stability on the waiver wire in a one QB league. I don't think you needed to get Philip Rivers here. And on top of that, I wouldn't have taken Philip Rivers. I would have taken a handful of quarterbacks that, to me, are not only as stable but more upside than Philip Rivers has. Uh, the only thing that can really boost Rivers at this point is the fact that Melvin Gordon might miss up to week 10. Uh, and if that's the case, then, man, uh, Philip Rivers could have a higher touchdown total than he has had in recent years. Uh, some good picks up here. Um, I mean, honestly, this round didn't really have much of any good picks. Um it's kind of nature of the beast. I thought Sanu was an okay pick. I thought Humphreys was an okay pick. And I thought my Chris Thompson was an okay pick just because of the potential of him. Although I'm sure he will get injured. And I'm fully aware that it was probably a wasted pick. Uh, the next round we had some other picks that kind of were a little head scratching. Um, John Ross, man. I understand that AJ Green's hurt, but earlier um, Brian having AJ Green said he wouldn't take Tyler Boyd as insurance because he didn't want to pigeonhole himself to the Bengals, and then he went out and got the worst possible Bengal. So it made no sense to me on that front. Um, 
some other questionable picks were the Deontay Foreman pick. Uh, I think I tried to talk Chase into that, and he ended up biting. Uh, Chase Edmonds. I don't know why you're taking running backs other than to backup running backs other than to hold in case an injury during the preseason. I fully expect half of these guys to end up on the waivers before the season actually starts or right at the start of the season. Uh, some picks that I did like in this round were um, Tyrell Williams. That was a big one, especially with the uh, the saga of Antonio Brown. He could be the lead receiver on the team, and he's shown he's done well with that now. Carr's a little bit of a downgrade from Phillip Rivers when he had his big season, but still the fact is that late for a usable receiver is great. Uh, I like the Mark Andrews pick a lot. Uh, I think he's going to be very good. And uh, other than that, I did like my pick of Dexter Williams, and that is, once again, swinging for defenses running back. Uh, I totally acknowledge it's not a great pick, but the fact is that both running backs ahead of him on the Green Bay offense have been hurt this whole time. Now Aaron Rodgers is back finally, but man, it's a hamstring issue. He can keep re-injuring, re-injuring. Dexter Williams could end up being the Alvin Kamara of this draft. He's a lot like him. He's quick, he's fast, he's a good pass catcher, he's been tearing it up, and he has some okay options ahead of him, but nothing spectacular. So um, I, I, I do like the potential of that, but I understand it's a waste of pick. And it would be remiss to me to not poo-poo on Brian taking David Njoku because I don't think David Njoku is going to be a thing. I think he benefits a little bit from Duke Johnson going away, but not enough. And he's just not good, man. He's an athlete. He's a freak. He does big plays, but then he also makes a lot of mistakes. I can view him as being the next Eric Ebron. Early draft pick, fantastic measurables, just doesn't put it together. It goes to another team, maybe he gets it then, but I just, I, I'm not a big fan of Benjoku. Uh, round 11, there were some wasted picks like Jamal Williams, um, Mike Davis, that was another odd one. Uh, but some quality picks here. It was a little interesting to see Ian Thomas go ahead of Greg Olson. I think their intent is to definitely have Greg Olson be the, the big pick or the big tight end uh, until he's not, and then they'll pass to Ian Thomas. I think you literally just drafted Greg Olson insurance. Uh, really loved the Jordan Reed pick. That was a fantastic pick this late. Um it, it kind of makes you question taking people like uh, Hunter Henry and Jared Cook. Not that they're not better tight end options, but the fact is the value in the second to last round for Jordan Reed, that was just absolutely fantastic. Uh, I loved the pickup of the Baltimore Ravens here. I think they're, they're fantastic defense. Um, and then this round, I got Jared Goff, Dak Prescott went. Those were good pickups to me as far as uh, good value of the round, both QB1s this year, potentially. Uh, and then the swing for the fences, Devontae Parker. I don't hate that, but I was a little disappointed in Chase because I really wanted to see zero receivers for the Dolphins go. That would have been hilarious to me, but it didn't happen. Um, 
Next and final round, we're going to clean up. Uh, we had Quincy Inunua, the forgotten man. Man, no one's really talked about him at all uh, since Jamison Crowder got there. Uh, Brian Snake in my defense. I like the pickup of the Cowboys. Um, they got a good schedule. It's just whether they're going to be a good defense or not. So we'll see, but that was a good pickup, at least for now. Um, other than that, this was uh, pretty much not a a great uh, round for anyone. It was just whatever was available. Most people picked up defenses in this round. Austin Hooper went. That could be good. Uh, the only thing about it is he already owns Evan Ingram, and I don't see Hooper being more used than Ingram ever. Uh, and then I took a shot on Josh Allen, another potential top 10 QB, and I just kind of figured might as well hold on to both instead of a defense, and eventually I'll pick up a defense, I'm sure, dropping somebody. So uh, overall, I thought that there were some real questionable picks, but overall I think there were more good picks than bad picks in this uh, draft. Um and unfortunately, that's just the nature of the beast having the keepers. It kind of throws everything into a, a funk a little bit and kind of getting a little wacky with the ADPs because teams have needs rather than picking. And some people just don't care about those needs. All right. So next, let's get into the power rankings. Before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. Of course. And that's it. Now let's do this. All right. So we're going to work our way from 12 to 1. As tempting as it is to do uh, 1 to 12 and make Justin sweat seeing if he's even listening... Uh, seeing if he's the worst team in the league because I'm sure he expects me to put it. Uh, we're going to work backwards and just uh, just kind of break the news to him already. He is not the worst team in the league. Uh, that, that honor goes to Popeye's Sailormen. Now, it's no surprise that a team that didn't have a pick in the first two rounds would struggle, but then on top of that, you put the uh, the questionability of Gurley's health and some other things and just poor decisions in the draft at points. Uh, they're definitely going to be my number 12 team. Uh, with the QB of Matt Ryan running back starting are Todd Gurley and Tariq Cohen. Uh, Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen at receiver, Mark Andrews at tight end, Deion Lewis and Fuller are slotted for his flex position with depth that doesn't amount to much of anything other than Darnell or Daryl Henderson uh, maybe being a thing for the Rams a little bit. Uh, he's got Davis, Edo Smith, DK Metcalf, and then he's actually got to fill two more empty spots. Uh, this is a rough year for a team. I, I, I believe Popeye was actually uh, one of the stronger teams when we first started, and he's just dwindled away slowly. So uh, he gets the honors of worst team in the league. Whatever happens, I must not cry. You cannot make me cry. All right, and that brings us to the number 11 team. 
That is going to be the great one. Yes, Justin comes in at number 11. Now, uh, he's got some strengths with Baker Mayfield. A healthy and proficient Mac and Henry can do some damage, but I have my questions on both of them. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and Amari Cooper. If Amari Cooper makes that jump and becomes a more consistent player, he can actually have a higher impact, but until proven otherwise, he's a, a big win-you-a-week kind of guy and lose-you-another-week kind of guy. Uh, O.J. Howard's strong tight end, and then his flex kind of falls short with Nikhil Harry, Cortland Sutton, and the Rams' defense. Uh, on the bench, I mean, he's got some swing for the fences kind of people. Uh, James Washington could become the number two in Pittsburgh. Ronald Jones could become the number one in Tampa. Jarek McKinnon could somehow become healthy. Uh, they haven't placed him on IR, but uh, looks like they might. And if he were to come back, he could be some. There's just too many question marks that would help push him up. So basically what you're looking at on face value pretty much is his lineup as is and not much depth behind it. And it just lacks that serious punch. Uh, number 10, we got the perennial injury report, Gil Gucci with off in the woods. Uh, Gil is the people that know him. Uh, has pretty much just faced injury after injury his entire fantasy football career in the Atlanta Foot Clan. Uh, he does have some strong weapons, a injury-prone Carson Wentz, a quarterback, scary, an injury-prone running back, <laughs> Chris Carson, and Tevin Coleman, scary, scary. So, like, I mean, this is all scaring me a little bit. Um, he also has Latavius Murray. Uh, he's got some strong receivers in Michael Thomas and OBJ, his top eight prospects at worst. For both of them, OBJ, though, is not the picture of health. He's actually, as we fun fact learned, missed more games than Sammy Watkins. Uh, it's just his have been a little larger chunk of a season kind of things. Uh, Vance McDonald, great tight end pick. Yeah, he's going to do some good solid work. And then uh, the, the other stuff is Jordan Howard. If Jordan Howard turns into something in philly and he holds off miles sanders on first and second work he could be a useful asset manuel sanders could come back and be a useful asset if kiki kuti could stay healthy he could be a useful asset but there's still some question marks uh overall though i think that he has a little bit stronger of a starting lineup than justin in pretty much every facet other than of course uh tight end i think we kind of put oj howard ahead of him uh, and then it's all based on health, though. I like Carson Wentz better than Baker Mayfield slightly, but he's got injury-prone issues. So we'll see if he can uh, pick that up. Next up, we have at number nine, the Soccer Club Honkers. <laughs> That's right, uh, Brian's team, and I know he's gonna respond with, that doesn't stand for soccer club, but I mean, change your name, man. It's not South Carolina to me, it's soccer club. Anyways, the uh, the Gark Dog himself has a strong QB in Cam Newton, uh, one strong running back in Dalvin Cook, although we learned he's actually not quite as prolific as people realize. Um, he's, he's good. He's 
very good, but between the injury prone and the the Alexander Madison worries, I know they want to run more, but yeah. Uh, Kenyon Drake, okay, but too many question marks to really put him in an upper echelon. Uh, Receiver-wise, as of now, healthy. We got Jarvis Landry, Dante Pettis, Muhammad Sanu, and Marvin Jones. I like Landry. I like Jones. Pettis, I like him, but I'm not 100% sure on him. And then Sanu's just whatever. The big one will be when A.J. Green gets back. This will improve his team a ton. Then he also took Jordan Reed. Uh, he's got a little bit of thin but possible uh, running back depth. That's what really hurts him in Adrian Peterson, Royce Freeman, and Devin Singletary. Royce Freeman might help him. Devin Singletary might help him. Adrian Peterson might help him. But at the end of the day, other than Green getting in for probably Sanu, um, this is his team as is, and there's not a ton of depth behind it. So that's why he slates into nine, although he does have the, the the possibility of Cam Newton doing really well, Jordan Reed. That kind of puts him where I have him. Uh, at number eight, this is going to be the big shock of the year, is I have slated our defending champion, Brown and some scrubs. Chase himself is coming in at number eight. Now, he took a shot on Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray could be a top ten Quarterback, possibly. I have my doubts this year because that line looked just so awful. Uh, he's got top bill running back in Christian McCaffrey. Another potential top 12 in Aaron Jones, although there's a huge health risk with Aaron Jones. Um, although risky, Tyreek Hill, I think he'll play the whole season. He's going to be a top six receiver. Antonio Brown is definitely a top 12 receiver, but so many questions around him. And if he loses Brown, that hurts him. Uh, Brandon Cooks is another potential top 12 receiver. Uh, you know I'm not the biggest fan of Eric Ebron, but he's not a horrible tight end compared to what something something else you could have potentially. And then the big thing is like his second flex. That's the rough spot because he's got Corey Davis in there, and I don't think anyone believes on Corey Davis this year. Uh, and then a bunch of nothing. The only things he could slate in there is if DePont, Devonta Parker got some value with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Damien, uh, I think his name's Damien Hillard. Uh, Dontrell Hillard, sorry. Uh, the replacement for Duke Johnson for part of the season, potentially. And then, uh, of course, Golden Tate, when he gets back from suspension, uh, will be somewhat useful. Uh, overall, it's a, it's a good, well-balanced team. It's lacking a little bit in the receiver and running back depth, but um, m- mostly the running back depth. If Aaron Jones gets hurt, like pretty much you can write off the season for uh, for the champ. And uh, I think he would have done better to not take Phillip Rivers and maybe taking another shot at a running back or a receiver. So he comes in at number eight. At number seven, just narrowly missing the playoffs according to my ranks. But of course, that's not how it's going to turn out because it never does. Uh, is yours truly, Macho Man Fred Savage, uh, the fantasy goonie, coming in at number seven. Unlike Brian, I can accurately rank my teams. Um, although Brian will actually have a case this year for the quality of his team, we all know that across the board in our fantasy leagues, he has been not the greatest at evaluating uh 
overall team talent. But anyways, I come in with Jared Garf, uh, potential top 10 quarterback, probable top 10 quarterback. And I think with the injury to Gurley and the lesser lines and the return of Cooper Cup, I think that he's actually going to return to that top five, six status. I think he's going to be throwing a lot of touchdowns this year, and I think he's going to get a lot more yards than he has in the past. Um, uh, Saquon Barkley, best running back in the game. Uh Definitely top four, I would say, this year, guaranteed. Uh, Shady McCoy, that's a big question, but if Shady hits, man, my team's actually... I, I would vault my team two or three spots in this rankings if I knew Shady was an unquestioned starter. Uh, even though I don't like him at his age and stuff, I, I think he still has a lot of talent. Uh, Devonta Adams, top three receiver. Cooper Cup, top 12 potential receiver again he was i think number eight when he got injured last year especially with the girly thing i think cooper cup actually gets an even bigger boost uh hunter henry top six tight end easily uh i think especially if melvin gordon holds out it's going to be huge huge numbers for him uh robbie anderson that's a big one i think he's definitely a top 20 receiver this year and then deshaun jackson that could be my uh my big, my big uh, lottery ticket at receiver. Uh, the big question is who's going to emerge as usable running backs for me? If Duke Johnson, Chris Thompson, Kalen Bouage all become things, boom. If Justin Jackson's a thing for most of the season along with Eckler and even without Eckler, boom. Uh, Dexter Williams, Darwin Thompson. I have a lot of flyers at running back. Uh, in fact, other than uh, a second quarterback that I'll probably end up dropping, my entire bench is nothing but long uh, shots at running back. And if just one of them hits in a good, usable way, I think that helps vault me up as well. Uh, but I am realistic knowing that I'm sitting on nothing but a bunch of question marks for my running back to and beyond. Uh, I will accurately, accurately put myself at seven here. Next up at number six, narrowly making the playoffs according to early power rankings, we got newcomer Team Twat. I mean, Team Blowat. I'm pretty sure that's an initials and his last name, but uh, we're just going to stick with Twat for now until he picks a normal team name. Uh, quarterback, he's got Dak Prescott. Running back, question mark, Damian Williams, question mark, Peyton Barber. Uh, also, the big question mark, and the, the reason why I couldn't put him any higher, because I think he deserves to maybe go up one or two spots, not a ton, but it's uh, Ezekiel Elliott. If he ends up holding out, man, I, I don't think he does. At most, I think he holds out a game or two, uh, but just to send a message. But he's stupid if he does. He He's not like Melvin Gordon. Like He's got one more year on his contract after this, and he can be franchise tagged. On top of that, like next year is the year I expect I expected Elliott to pull this crap, not this year. Uh, but clearly, if he's back and he's the number two running back for this team, it improves a lot. Uh, at receiver, you got a bunch of guys that are. Uh, I don't think the possibility of hitting a top twelve, but they're all gonna have the possibility of running in that uh, wide receiver two range. And the fact is he's got four of them that could do that. So if they all come together and hit that, that's, that's invaluable. But, uh, with Kenny Galladay, uh, Chris Godwin, D 
DJ Moore and Allen Robinson, those two in the uh, flex position, I think that's a good combo. And that's all right because he doesn't need it because he is the best tight end in the game right now in Travis Kelsey. Uh, I don't think anyone questions he's going to be at number one. There will be games he disappears, and those will be probably Tyreek Hill's biggest games. But the fact is that he basically has a a wide receiver one in Kelsey in his tight end spot, and any one of these receivers would slot in and be a top three or four uh, tight end. So I think that uh, he has a very solid, very dangerous team. Uh, he will have some weeks where they all kind of just mundanely perform and he'll get beat up, or maybe he could limp through depending on the other team. But there will be games where he crushes the soul of his opponents when uh, these receivers really hit hard along with Kelsey and maybe Damian Williams. So, a uh, good solid team worth the sixth spot. Next up, a uh, team that has some real question marks. I think if he had made better choices with uh, the idea of not drafting like a backup quarterback when you spend an early pick on a quarterback and uh, maybe not a backup tight end when you spent a pretty early pick on a tight end. Uh, I think there was a possibility for a stronger depth on this team, but you can't ignore the fact that he's got some real solid pieces, and that is the Texas Bear newcomer. So back-to-back -back newcomers in the league taking the five and six spots. So Deshaun Watson, top-end quarterback, makes a huge difference having a top-four running back in Kamara. Um, the number one, maybe two receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. Um, those are the real pieces that kind of catapult him. Uh, I, I do have my questions on Leonard Fournette, but for all intents and purpose, we're going to say right now Fournette is the starter and he'll remain the starter, although he'll be kind of middling uh, at times. Um, but he also has Josh Jacobs and James White, so he's solid in depth and running back with starters. Uh, second receiver digs, tight end cooks. Uh, the receiver depth is where it kind of lacks. If Josh Gordon comes back and he ends up being a thing, then like that'll really, really do a lot for this team. I didn't realize he took two backup tight ends in James in Jason Witten and Greg Olson. I don't know what he was thinking. This is not tight end premium. This is like old, old school, not understanding fantasy football drafting. Uh, I would assume at least Jason Witten's going to go away. That might be a homer, like him kind of pick or something. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald could end up being a thing, but like other than that, like you got Alfred Blue, you got Gio Bernard, I, and Drew Brees. I just the depth is what's hurting this team, and I I probably should put Team Twad ahead of him, uh, maybe even myself because like the depth at receiver is just awful, but I just can't. He's got too many good pieces, so I'm going to keep him here at five. Next up, we got uh, another newcomer in Team... Man, they're all just hunked together in Team Groovy Drew. Now, Drew is pretty groovy, and his team is looking mighty groovy. Uh, although, there is one glaring hole again. Um... And it's not actually as big a hole. But uh, keeper quarterback Russell Wilson. I'm not a big fan of Russell Wilson. I think he's going to take a step back. But he's just fine. He, he could be a fringe QB1. 
Uh, Lev Bell, Nick Chubb, good running back tandem, especially with Lev Bell plans out. Uh, the big question mark is T.Y. Hilton. That's a little scary uh, as a wide receiver one, especially when your wide receiver two is Mike Williams. Uh, another big question mark at the receiver and your depth are pretty much Sammy Watkins, Christian Kirk, and Marquez Valdez-Scantley. Now, any one of these guys can be useful, especially Watkins if he stays healthy. But um, the, the, the problem is it's too many question marks. If we had a little more clarity in season, I feel like this team could really jump up and be better in the rankings. But with the question marks, got to keep them there. Uh, Kittle at tight ends, great. Depth at running back with Mark Ingram, Rashad Penny's just fine. Uh, Kareem Hunt, if he makes the playoffs, that's going to be real scary. And uh, Damian Harris, Alexander Manson, I don't think those are much of anything for him. But uh, overall, very good team, just some question marks. This is literally a team that could jump up the rankings or drop down the rankings just like that. Uh, but overall, I do like the team. I think he's going to be real dangerous. Next up is my arch nemesis, Team Axel. Uh, he needs to rename his team. He hasn't done that on Sleeper yet, so I'm just going to keep it that because I don't remember his wine-infused name from before. Uh, my arch nemesis, though, as people know, I defeated him in the first championship game. He followed that up with... Uh, I don't think he defeated me on the way to it, but he ended up winning the championship after me, and uh, he's done very well for himself. Uh, he's got some solid keepers and some... Basically, some big difference makers that help catapult his team up there. Uh, at quarterback, he's got the number one quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he also smartly did not take a backup because he didn't need it. At running back, he's got David Johnson and Devonta Freeman. Now, I think Devonta Freeman is being undersold this year, and I think Devonta Freeman will actually be very good. On the other hand, David Johnson, I think, is being overvalued. He will be better than he was last year, maybe. Uh, there is a real potential that he is the same as last year. Um, new offense, yes, they're going to probably run more plays, be a little more efficient, but man, that line sucks. So uh, the big thing, the big question will be is does his, I don't think his run efficiency will be any better, but it's just more a question of how much passing work he gets. Uh, he's definitely a top 10 running back, don't get me wrong. I just don't think he's a top 5 running back this year, to be honest. Uh, receiver, it's a little thin for him. He's got Julian Edelman, Curtis Samuel slotted in as his top receivers. Uh, Evan Ingram at the tight end, another big one. Uh, at the flex, David Montgomery and Sterling Shepard. Uh, the Shepard thing's a little scary, he thinks, with Evan Ingram. I think they can both be useful, especially since you're relying him. Um, in the, the flex, I think it's just fine. Montgomery, there's a lot of question marks, but a lot of hype. We'll see how the preseason actually shakes out. He looked great in his first game against second-team defense, so... Uh, if, if that one pans out, this team's going to be really scary because I do think Samuel steps it up. I think Edelman's fine. Uh, he does have some two good lottery tickets on depth in Dante Moncrief and Geronimo Allison. Um, I, I, I think this team is one piece away from maybe the one or two piece away from being a solid no matter what pick, but, uh, it's just depth issues, honestly. Um... 
But, I mean, real solid. He's going to make a run into the playoffs again, barring some injuries. At the number two position, unlike this person's power rankings, he will not be number one, and that is the Megalodons. Uh, This is easily the highest I've ever ranked Brian in anything, but it is legitimately deserved. Uh, This was a result not so much of his mastery uh, as the fact that he just had a lot of good high-end picks, being a terrible team last year, plus accumulating picks at the same time. Uh, It's definitely a recipe for success. Aaron Rodgers, probable top eight quarterback, top six quarterback. I'm not willing to put him as number three, guaranteed. Um, But he is definitely a high-end quarterback. James Conner, I think, is going to do just fine. Joe Mixon is going to do just fine. Both uh, fringe top ten running backs at worst. I mean, obviously, Conner has the injury concerns and split play work, but I'm not that concerned about it. Uh, Julio Jones and Robert Woods, great top 12 receivers, including Julio, top three to four receiver in the league. Um, just nothing can be said better about that. David Njoku, uh, he's an all right flyer. I'm not the biggest fan, but, you know. Uh, Lamar Miller and Alshon Jeffrey in the flex. Miller's a little scary, but as of right now, he's still the starter. He's still useful. Uh, Jeffrey's a great flex player. And then you go into his bench, and he's got some decent depth. I mean, at running back, he's got his backup, Jalen Samuels, who could actually be something. Uh, Miles Sanders, who will be something at some point this season. And Darius Geis, who, if he came back healthy and good, he could be something, too. And, like, it's solid, solid depth across the board as long as one piece falls. If Geis falls into place, then this is great depth. Uh, the receiver, I'm not a big fan of Adam Humphreys. I know he's going to get like 10 catches a game, but it's going to be for like 30 yards. So, eh. D.D. Westbrook, that's a good number one guy um, for Jacksonville. Nothing great, but a good depth piece. Um, this is a overall great team. I can't knock anything on it. Um, I mean, he didn't really blow us away in the draft it was just the fact that he had good picks and a lot of them so a uh, good job for brian on accumulating that and sucking last year and putting together a very solid team and finally your number one ranked official unofficial champion of the season already finkel is einhorn by the power of christ That's right. Dan Krieger is my top uh, pick to win the league this year. The team is just overall fantastic, powerful, good depth. Let's get into it. At quarterback, the one question mark on his team, the one question mark to me on his team is Andrew Luck. If Andrew Luck is healthy and he's a top five quarterback, man, this team is just beyond dangerous. At running back, we got Sony Michelle and Carrion Johnson. Yes, both injury risks, but as of right now, they're healthy and they are fantastic. Uh, they're both going to be high volume. They're both going to be scoring, or at least Sony Michelle will be scoring a lot of touchdowns. Carrion will be catching a lot of balls. These are just both solid running backs to me. Uh, receiver, you got Mike Evans, top 10 receiver. Tyler Lockett, potential for a top 15 receiver. 
uh, one of the top three tight ends in Zach Ertz. At uh, Flex, you got Philip Lindsay, Tyler Boyd, uh, Matt Burita, Tyrell Williams, Anthony Miller. Uh, Gallup is trash. Miller, I don't care about. But Williams and Burita are great depth pieces. And then, oh, did I forget to mention that he also has Melvin Gordon. Anytime Melvin Gordon comes back, he is going to just put this team beyond over the top. But what's that? Before he comes back, he's got Austin Eckler who is going to be a phenomenal player while Gordon is out and he's healthy. And when Gordon's back, he's still a usable flex option at times. This team is just beyond stacked at running back depth. Uh, two top-end receiver or three good end, top-end receivers as far as top 24s. Um, just, and one of the best tight ends in the game, one of the best quarterbacks in the game. This is just a phenomenal team. I am impressed. Dan did a great job, and he is my odds-on favorite to win the league this year, aside from me and my overall genius somehow uh, making up the deficiencies in my team. So that is my power rankings. We're all eagerly waiting Brian's ridiculous power rankings, although they are quite entertaining when he writes them. And uh, thanks for coming in, stopping by. If you disagree or you have any notes on the show, go ahead and put it in the chat or hit me up on Twitter at the FF Goonie. And for all of us here, which is just myself, I really am working on figuring out a way to get co-hosts into this. It'll probably just be segments, uh, but it's it's going to be something we're really working on and I hope to have this season because... As much as I enjoy this, it is difficult to talk by myself and not have someone to bounce off of and have someone with differing opinions. So uh, we'll definitely work on that, and I'll keep you guys updated. And as always, remember, Goonies never say die. I want it all.
folks. 